Women Taking the Lead, Episode 74. We get this idea sometimes as a business leader that uh, it's going to be worth it in the end, right? I, I, I sacrifice my time. I sacrifice my family. I sacrifice my health on the altar of, I call it the con. And the great con is that it'll be worth it in the end. But the reality is the end never happens the way that we think it will. It has to be worth it now. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, and I'm your host, Jody Flynn. I'm excited to be bringing you the male perspective today. This podcast isn't just about women helping women. It's my philosophy that it's going to take both genders working together to promote women to cause change and bring about more appreciation of women as leaders. We can gain a lot from the insights from men. So from time to time, I'm going to be interviewing men who work with women around their leadership development. And as our guest today, we have Dave Crenshaw, who is the master of helping business owners triumph over chaos. He's appeared in Time Magazine, Fast Company, USA Today, and the BBC News. His first book, The Myth of Multitasking, How Doing It All Gets Nothing Done, has been published in six languages and is a time management bestseller. His latest book, The Focus Business, How Entrepreneurs Can Triumph Over Chaos, is also a small business bestseller. As an author, speaker, and business coach, Dave has transformed thousands of businesses worldwide. Dave, thank you so much for coming on Women Taking the Lead today. So tell us a little bit more about you so everyone has a good sense of who they're listening to right now. Thank you. Yeah, sure. So um, uh, gave the professional side of it. Uh, I'd also mention that if uh, anyone subscribers to lynda.com, um, which is probably one of the largest training online training portals in the world, I've got 13 courses on there. So uh, hundreds of thousands of people have viewed my courses on that. Um, on a personal note, um, I am a, a married. Uh, I have three children, and I live in Salt Lake City. And uh, family is a very important thing to me. Uh, also, I'm also a geek at heart. Um, you know, superheroes, uh, com- comic book heroes, sci-fi, all that kind of stuff. So don't hold that against me, but that's... Uh, part of who I am, and uh, I use that a lot in my, my most recent book, The Focus Business. Um, and, uh, and also, uh, for those of you who are familiar with Chuck Norris Facts, I was featured in the official Chuck Norris Fact Book, um, <laughs> which is kind of, you know, not many people can say that. Uh, it was under the Chuck Norris Fact that Chuck Norris can kill two stones with one bird. And uh, in it, he talks about how he doesn't believe in multitasking and then cites me in my book. So that's just kind of a fun little note. That's very cool. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, I'm not going to hold your um, sci-fi tendencies against you, Dave, <laughs> because my dad was a sci-fi fan and you're going to chuckle because I grew up watching um, Buck Rogers and Battlestar Galactica oh, yeah. and Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know I've got a baby face, but actually I, I grew up watching that, too. So, so yeah, I, I love it. And, and I probably should mention, too, I'm also a business coach um, and I work with business owners all around the world. And, uh, and anywhere between 60 and 40% of my business coaching clients are women. Um, so, you know, dealing with women leaders and helping them succeed, that is something that I'm very comfortable with every day. 
Yes. And I thank you for that because as a business owner, having people out there who help you to overcome overwhelm, to get focused, be more productive so that your business can can grow faster and get you to that lifestyle that you want to be living. Amen. Thank you. Well, you're that. welcome. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Yes, it is a lot of fun. All right, Dave, to start off with, tell us a story about a woman who has impacted you as a leader. Well, I'm going to I'm going to share two examples if you don't mind. Um mm -hmm. and uh both are a Catherine. Uh interestingly enough, uh one, the first one is my wife. And my wife is an incredible leader. Um I've been married to her for gosh, we're looking at 14 years now. Known knew her for a couple of years before that, so I've known her for quite a while. And one of the things that I really admire about my wife is her ability to get things done. She's very much, you know, your, your type A red personality, right? Let's get mm -hmm. things done. But she has the gift to make people feel warm and welcome while she's doing it, which is unusual for someone who has that kind of streak in them, that, that type A streak. Um, and so she's a, she's a leader in our local church. Um, and works with other women, and, uh, and she's been able to, to help them feel engaged and feel listened to at the same time where they get very real results. And that's something that I've, I've really admired about her uh, in, in all the time that I've been able to, to spend with her so far. Wow, that is a gift because I do trainings and I do um, trainings around communication. So I use DISC. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it sounds like she's she's a combination of the dominant style she's and DD. the influence style. She's DD, really? She's DD, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and in fact, I'm probably the more emotional one in the relationship. And a helpful <laughs> thing for me to, to understand that about her so that when she's, uh, when she's in that mode, because I feel a little insecure. I'm like, she, she doesn't care about me because I'm DI, right? I yeah. need a little bit more attention. And, uh, and I'll go, are, are you in, are you in D mode or, uh, I've heard it put as dominant. Are you in dominant? Yes. Mode? And she's like, yes, I am. I'm trying to get things done. I'm like, okay, I won't take it personal then. It's been really helpful, but she also has a great sense of humor too. I mean, that's one thing that I see as well when I see her meet with and work with the women here is her ability to add a lot of humor and keep things really light, which is a rare gift for people who have that very strong D personality. I think a sense of humor is like one of the, we don't talk about it enough. Like, yeah. I think if you have a sense of humor, you're more apt to be open to your flaws, right? Or your weak areas and and to work on them, right? right? And for her to be to be the the D style or dominance, and for those who don't understand, it's exactly how Dave described it. Like very action oriented. Let's get it done. Move forward. Don't waste they my don't, time. don't waste time. They don't like to get bogged down in minutia. They don't care about that stuff. They they're looking for results and but for with good intentions for a good purpose. Um, so they tend to uh, other people around them may feel like they've been railroaded. <laughs> A little bit right. by them and they can be a little brisk. But for her to develop herself in such a way that everyone feels welcome and accepted by her while they're just probably and she probably motivates them to like, let's get let's get work done and let's have a good time while we're doing it. Right. Exactly. That's, I mean, even when I was dating, I remember a friend of mine saying, 
you know what I like about her is I feel like I can just be myself with her. And that's been really empowering for me uh, as a man to feel like I can be my geek. I can be who I am with her and not feel judged at the same time. And so that's, that's you know, she's had a, probably the, the biggest impact in my life uh, of, of any woman that I know, certainly any person as well. Mm, she sounds like someone I'd want to hang out yeah, with too. Yeah. I'm, I'm ID. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very similar. All right. Who's the other Catherine? So the other Catherine I've known more recently, um, I would say over the last three years now, and her name's Catherine Hoke. And she is actually a, a, a coaching client of mine. She's one of the, I, I only work with one nonprofit. The rest of my the businesses I coach are for profit. But she is the founder of Defy Ventures. And if you haven't heard of Defy, what Defy does is it's basically reforming the prison system entirely. And it is teaching entrepreneurship to former convicts. And what I admire about, about Catherine is her vision and her ability to, Catherine Hoke, is her ability to see the best in other people. Um, that, there, that there is hope and vision for these men and women that are coming out of the prison system. See, the problem is they come out of the prison system and no one wants to hire them. It's way too much of a liability. But they, they're trying to change their life and, and do something different and be a better uh, father or a mother to their children. So by teaching them entrepreneurship, Catherine and Defy have created an opportunity for them to, to take control of their own destiny and not be dependent on getting a job with someone else, but rather create their own business. And that kind of vision, and, and, one of the, and also... Being learning how to take balance because I won't tell her whole story. Maybe you should have her on sometime. But um, I would love that. But uh, <laughs> but she had an experience in the past where she didn't have balance, and so part of the reason why she reached out to me was to be able to you know make sure that she maintains a good relationship with her husband and keeps that in, in balance at the same time that she's building this massive undertaking that's transforming the, the post prison environment worldwide. Mm, that is huge. And just, just something I saw in, in both um, women that you shared with us um, is that they're both very non-judgmental, mm. very accepting of people. Maybe that's because I'm such a mess. I feel like I need that kind <laughs> of uh, non-judgment. <laughs> Aren't we all, though? Don't we all like just need someone to just accept us the way we are? We are we're all trying and we're all doing our best. But and in uh, what you shared about Catherine Hoke, I think that's huge because I think um, uh, something that can trip up um, people who are trying to change the world. And I think especially women is sometimes they they don't take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Exactly. enough and they're just going 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 and they know what they're doing is so important so they they just put themselves in their own needs like I, not even on the back burner it's like not even on the stove right and they can be get burnt out and depleted so that's really great that she's developed that awareness that she has to take care of herself right I exactly and that's and that's one of the things that i i teach to, to entrepreneurs as well is we get this idea sometimes as a business leader that uh, it's going to be worth it in the end, right? I, I, I sacrifice my time. I sacrifice my family. I sacrifice my health on the altar of, I call it the con. And the great con is that it'll be worth it in the end. But the reality is the end never happens the way that we think it will. It has to be worth it now. And so that means that we need to take little harvest every day and every week 
you know, she she reports to me, and I, she, she'll be okay with me sharing this. Like, she has a daily harvest. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. For her, it's taking two squares of chocolate, right? And, mm-hmm. and making sure that she does that. And everybody has a different one, like listening to music, going for a walk. Heck, I'm a geek. I like to play video games for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But we all need to have that reward now. Not in a way that sacrifices the future, but in a way that says, look, this has to be worth it in the present moment, or it's not worth doing at all. That's huge. You know, and I I talk with my own clients about how you need to do things that consciously and unconsciously send the message that you're worth it. Exactly. Right. And doing those little things every day for yourself, not for anyone else, but for you. Like it's your time, what you, and uh, an activity that you enjoy like thoroughly enjoy, it sends that message that you are worth it. You are worth taking care of because not enough people do from what I've seen. I agree. So awesome. And Dave, what is something that you see in women that holds them back? Well, I think in particular with women, it's, it's, it's two things and they go hand in hand over commitment and the busy badge. (laughs) <laughs> the 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 feeling that hey i am going to do everything i should be able to do everything because i'm strong and i think that women in particular are strong and have that ability yet they don't recognize that there still is the truth of time and the truth is t- of time is there are only 24 hours in a day there are only 60 minutes in an hour Uh, There is nothing that you and I can do to change that. And so we must recognize the limitation of time when we make choices of where we're going to commit ourselves. And then also the the busy badge. And I I run into this in particular with with my first book, The Myth of Multitasking, when I speak about it. A lot of us have, have taken on this mindset that busy equals success. I was even on, 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 the, on a bus to the airport the other day, and I heard it. I could just hear it in the woman's voice as she was talking about it. She's like, yeah, I'm really busy. You know, she was telling the person about everything that they're doing. But busy is not success. Results are success. And the moment you stop defining yourself by how much you're running around and start instead defining your success by, by what you're accomplishing, your perspective changes. Many people who are busy are actually not accomplishing anything. They feel like they are because they're switching back and forth constantly throughout their day. But really what they're doing is they're half completing most everything. Mm -hmm. I love what you said, Dave. There are a couple of things I want to comment on because, of course, I find my this is this is my Achilles heel Mm -hmm. right here. The overcommitment. And I would say it's not because I feel like. I can take on everything. It comes more from a perspective of, although that's in the background, that's definitely the programming that it's like, oh, it's okay. I can take on all of this. Mm -hmm. But what happens to me is like somebody approaches me and they, they have an opportunity and I'm like, well, I like you and I want to help you. So yes, I'll do that. And then somebody else approaches me and I'm like, well, I like you too. And I want to help you. And so I say yes to that until I find, until one day I realize I'm not getting back to people as quickly as I'd hope to get back to them. Things are getting pushed off. I can't get it all done in one day. And I realized I've rendered myself ineffective and now I'm not helpful to anybody. You got it. Um, and that, that is a no fun place to be. 
for sure. And I've started relating to the word busy as like the new four letter word. Mm-hmm. Right? There you go. Like if I find myself re- responding when somebody asks how I am and I can f- I can feel it like I <laughs> I feel it built like I'm going to say it and I get so mad. And somebody put it um, in a different perspective for me. Um, they said, busy is an emotion. Interesting. It's not really what's going on. Right. How you f- you feel busy. Right. But I love how you put the focus on the results. It's not the activity that makes you successful or lends itself to success. It's the results. Right. What are you accomplishing? And that's when someone and in fact, I I. I I've taught people about this. I did a little video about it where if someone says they're busy, you say, great, what are you doing? What are you accomplishing? Mm-hmm. Right? And, it, and that's a way to help others. And you can even do it with yourself to shift your perspective away from that, that, that four-letter word. Mm-hmm. Yes. And every, this is what I've come to realize. And a, f- a friend of mine actually um, was in a conversation. We kind of like were, we were just kind of picking apart this whole concept of busy is everybody's busy. No one is going to tell you that they're not busy. So, you know, accepting that w- we all feel that that level of activity, but it's really what are your priorities and are you prioritizing? Well, like what you said, like, what is it that you're doing and is it lending itself to reaching the goal that you're setting out for? Exactly. Or is it a lot of busy work that you're, you're just doing, 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 and it's really getting you nowhere? Exactly. Um, yes. And that, that can be a hard thing to get at the heart of sometimes. And I'm sure you have um, tools and activities you take your clients through to help them weed out, okay, this activity is producing only 5% you know, of your results, but this activity is producing 50% of your results. Do more of that. Get the 5% off your calendar. Yeah. I, I talk about it in terms of the, uh, your most valuable position versus your less valuable positions. There are really only one or two things that any leader uh, is doing that's really high, high value and is difficult to replace. One or two. Yet when I survey those same leaders, usually they're spending less than 20% of their time in those activities. So mm-hmm. instead, we want to replace the, we want to budget time for those in our calendar and do less and less of the LVAs, the stuff that could and should be delegated to somebody else who's candidly making less per hour than, than you are. It's in their interest to do that, and it's not in the interest of your business or whatever organization you're serving to do these low-value activities. This is not about pride or being, being beneath you. It's about the value that you're contributing by doing those things. Yeah. And it's worth, it's also saying it's worth investing the time to train somebody else Yes, to do those activities. Like don't get caught in the trap of it's just easier to do myself. Well, yeah, this one time, but you do this activity a hundred times. How much time is that? Yes. That's huge. All right. Oh, Dave, we could talk about this forever and ever. So (laughs) I'm going to move on um, so we can talk about more things. But tell me, what's something you've learned from the women you've mentored? Well, I have uh, one client. And I also, I said, hey, I'm going to be doing this. Can I talk about you? And she said, of course, you always have permission. Her name's Angie Ford. And she's a business owner, very successful. She has uh, three locations for uh, music and art schools and daycares. And she, and this, by the way, is something I've learned about the, the women business owner clients that I have. It's not just about making money, although they do make money. It's also about transforming the world and making it better. And she's transforming daycare and making it amazing and really high quality at a low cost. 
So I was talking to Angie about this principle and taught her about some of these things. And she was asked by a group to speak about balance and time management. And when I asked her about it, I said, how'd it go? She said, it was great, but here's one change I made to something you teach. And, and it taught me, and now it's something I use when I present. She, she calls it the finish line. And the finish line is you start your day out and, and you don't know when it's going to end. This kind of plays into that busy trap, right? Especially as a business owner, there's always something that can be done. Always something that's unresolved. So the finish line defines the time of the day at which you're going to stop. And so she, she likened it to like racing in a car. You have to know when you're going to start and you have to know when you're going to stop. If you don't know when you're going to stop, what happens? You just keep working and working and working. There is no boundary. There is no end. And, and, uh, and I, I like the phrase, time abhors a vacuum. If you give yourself permission to work until 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night, guess what's going to happen? But instead, define the finish line. And that's, that's one thing that I learned from Angie. I love how she put it like that. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful way to think about it. You've got to know the end of the race. I love that perspective. And I found that to be true that on days when I have plans at the end of the day and something has to get done before I leave, like I will get it done. Like there is a hustle, like, and I'll change, like we talked about earlier, like priorities change, there's focus and I crank, I crank it out. But if I know that my workday can linger till six, six thirty, seven. Or sometimes it does. And I'm just taking my time right. throughout the day to get it done. So that's a great, awesome concept. All right, Dave, what changes do you see are necessary for more women to step up as leaders? So um, I think this kind of dovetails with what we've been talking about. I, I think about one client that I had worked with for several years, and, and she um, sadly passed away due to, due to cancer. Um, and I remember working with her. She was very successful, accomplishing and, and well-respected in the community, but personally, she felt burnt out, which, again, I, you mentioned is, is a very common theme with, with women leaders, this feeling like I'm helping everyone else, but I'm not helping myself. And so what I helped her see and what I, I would suggest that the, those listening think about as well is you can do everything. You are capable of doing everything, but not all at once. And that is, is the, the first principle, is to recognize that you do have a limit, and you're going to have to make some choices. Whenever you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. You may think that you're being nice by accepting to uh, you know, help this charity or to help consult someone else and say yes to all these different things. But every time you say yes, you're chipping away at all the previous yeses that you already said. So in fact, by being nice and saying yes to everything, you're actually being unkind to all the other things that you already said yes to. Mm. All right, Dave, I'm going to ask for a little personal coaching on this because I think a lot of people will get a lot out of this. Okay. But, you know, for me, 
I'm often approached by people in my community saying, hey, it looks like you're doing great. Here's what I've got going on. Mm -hmm. Can we get together for coffee and talk sometime? And of course, the giver in me is like, yes, I remember what it was like to first be beginning and starting. I'd love to have a conversation with you and help you out. And then what I find is my calendar is chock full of coffee dates. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I have projects that are not getting completed deadline and I, I, they all get done, right? Cause the, that D style in my personality will make sure it gets done, but at the cost of my peace of mind and my health. Yes. Yes. So, uh, and, and I'm just going to call attention to this. What you're talking about is what I call spending time on a credit card. You're committing to something, but you're not actually pulling out your calendar and making sure that you have the time. And when you go into, you can go into debt with time, just like you can with money. And just like with, with money, when you go into debt with time, you have to repay it with interest. It's more expensive to do it that way. So here's a simple, simple little tool. Whenever someone says that, you can say exactly what you said at the beginning. That sounds wonderful. I love what you're doing. Could you please send me an email about this? And then I'll be able to get your reply. The power of asking for it that way is you, you don't have to say no face-to-face, which is hard for, for most everyone. It allows you to sit down, look at your calendar, and really evaluate whether or not you have the time. And if you do have to say no, it gives you the space to craft a diplomatic kind response uh, in the case that you do have to turn them down. Mm, and it gives you that space yeah. oh, to really think about and it. And I should mention, too, it also gives them the uh, opportunity, I'll say, to not follow through. Because it's really easy for people like this to, oh, here's a successful person. I've got them. And then they make a request. These kinds of people very often are the ones who have the worst follow through. And if they don't have good follow through and they're not going to follow up by sending you an email, why would you even want to spend your time working with them anyway? Yeah, they're not going to go anywhere with their idea if they can't return an email. Dave, I thank you for that. And for those of you listening, like really let that sink in and try taking that on for the next week or two and see what happens. I know I'm going to going to awesome, Dave. Thank you so much for that. Welcome. All right. And share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Uh, Well, I like the phrase conditioning is more powerful than discipline. Uh, and this is something I teach in my time management course. It, it, people will come to me and they'll say, Dave, man, you're, you're so focused. You must have great discipline. The truth is, I'm one of the most undisciplined people in the world. Truly. I was diagnosed as off the charts ADHD. <laughs> I, I, you know, my daily harvest, I mentioned I play video games. Okay, that, does that sound like a disciplined person to you? <laughs> I am not disciplined. What I am is well-conditioned. And what my clients are, are well-conditioned. What that means, conditioning comes through repetition. Most of us have conditioned ourselves, for instance, in the digital world to respond anytime a beep or a buzz comes in. And that conditioning is costing us a lot because we've been doing it over and over. So if we're going to break that, we have to recondition ourselves and change the systems, change the way in which we're operating and repeat and repeat, and practice, and repeat. Just like a great musician has to repeat and practice in order to become great with their instrument. Conditioning is more powerful than discipline. 
That makes a ton of sense because discipline, you know, just in the word, you think of having to exert a lot of effort exactly. and control over something. But when you're conditioned for something, you can do it on autopilot. You got it. And I find I found that to be true as well. When I was um, training for um, the main marathon, I had completely changed my diet, upped my exercise routine, and I had committed. You know, I was 100% in committed, but it was... Um, it was just over and over again, being in that routine of like, this is how I eat. This is my workout schedule that when, you know, the summer before was just completely crazy. If anyone had looked at my calendar and saw how often I got up at the crack of dawn or earlier to go running, you know, or ran like 15 miles before attending a barbecue in the afternoon where I did not eat usually what was being served. That was for me, one of the easiest times in my life to be healthy. Because it was just a, a routine. It was a practice. There was right. no there was no decision to be made. It was already made. You got and it. And so that made it easy for me. So that that's how I was connecting. That makes perfect sense to me. Awesome. All right, Dave, what is a practice that you have that you believe helps to make you a better leader? Um, well, this is I guess this is part of what I just talked about, the conditioning. And I'll say that this is something that my clients have as well. Um, I bring my, my gathering points. And I'll, to really briefly sum this up, a gathering point is any place where unresolved items are. So, for instance, my email. My email hits zero at least once per week. And my clients, their email hits zero at least one per, once per week. My physical inbox hits zero at least once per week. And having that conditioning in place allows me to be more focused during the rest of the week because I'm not having to constantly answer it and jump back and forth between text and email and all that kind of stuff. Instead, I process in a focused way and then I work the rest of the day. And that, uh, that allows me and allows my clients to get a whole lot more done. I envy you. That is a great practice. Cause I know for me, my email inbox is my to-do list. So if it lingers and it starts growing, I can feel the stress building yep. to the point where I feel like I have to carve out time to just weed through emails and it can be time consuming, crazy time consuming. So my, my perception now where, I'm, where I've kind of jumped to in my head is you must have some rules in your mind around how to process emails that come in so that you can get it done quickly. Or do you have someone who does an initial sweep through to clean out the garbage and then you're just addressing the most important uh, communications? There's a little bit of element of having someone else help, but uh, and that's just through the having multiple email addresses, one that goes to my assistant. But mm -hmm. I would say that that probably only accounts for 10 to 15% of the emails that I get. Um, so yeah. the rest of it really do, do rely upon the system. And, and that system is part of what I teach my clients, is part of what I teach on time management fundamentals on Linda, where I just outline the whole process, start to finish. Uh, and it, it works. It takes, it takes habit, you know, like any kind, of, any kind of habit you're trying to develop. It takes a few weeks of practicing it. But once you practice it, you get into that rhythm and you're locked down and it sticks. Awesome. Okay. And that is on lynda.com. That is good to know. And for those of you li listening, Linda is spelled L-Y-N-D-A. And it's also been synced up with LinkedIn. 
lately, I've noticed. Well, LinkedIn acquired Linda for $1.5 billion, so that's, that's why. <laughs> you know, chump change. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> Whatever. If, if you don't mind, I'm, I can give people a, a, a link where they can get a free trial to Linda. Yes. Okay. Yes, actually, because my next question was going to be that we've gotten so much good information from you. How can we connect with you? Yeah, okay, so the same... Everything that I've talked about, like you said, we can talk about this for a long time. Well, it's a full-day course, and you get access to the full-day course. It doesn't cost you anything. If you go to davecrenshaw.com forward slash free time. So uh, Crenshaw is uh, C-R-E-N-S-H-A-W.com forward slash free time, F-R-E-E-T-I-M-E. And what, that, what you'll find there is a link where you can get uh, free trial access to lynda.com and that's plenty of time for you to go through my time management fundamentals course um, which incidentally we're re-releasing revamped um, in uh, at the beginning of 2016 so uh, it's and it's one of their most popular courses Yes. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And for those listening, you can find all the links and resources in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short URL, which is womentl.com. And Dave, I just want to say thank you for introducing us to your wife, Catherine, to Catherine Hoke, Angie Ford, and the other women who have been inspiring you um, as leaders. I really appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. We're all better for having you. I appreciate that. That's very kind. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas, you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.